You're listening to the Immaculate Podcast with Tim McMaster, Ed Bachet, and Mark Caboli. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Immaculate Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Mark Caboli and Ed Bouchette. And guys, things have obviously changed quite a bit around the world since we've last recorded one of these podcasts, but we're going to continue putting out content here at The Athletic. We realize there are much bigger things going on, um, but people also need something to do and something to take their mind off of things. So we're here. We're going to be talking about the Steelers, talking about what's going around in the NFL. And this week, that of course means free agency. We're right in the middle of the uh, legal tampering phase right now. So lots of players agreeing on deals here and there. Um, and we're going to get to all the stuff going on with the Steelers. That is Ramon Foster retiring. Bud Debris has been tagged. But before we get to that stuff, let's talk about the huge news that broke this morning. And that is Tom Brady is no longer going to be a member of the New England Patriots. He put it out on Instagram. No idea where he's going yet as we record this. Maybe by the time you listen to it, he'll have found a destination. But uh, but he is not going to be back with the New England Patriots. Obviously, Ed, this has kind of been the nemesis for years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's It's weird thinking of a Patriots team without Brady under center. Yeah, and they don't play them this year unless uh, they meet somehow in the playoffs, Tim. Um They've never beat. They never beat Tom Brady in New England. Of course, they they have at Pittsburgh, um, beaten him, including last year. But um, it, to me, the whole story is just strange. He's forty two years old. Um, a what what team thinks he's going to play better than he did last year when he's second half of the season? I thought he started to fade. And why he's doing this um, instead of just either playing one more year with New England or just retiring. I mean, how much more does he need? And I don't mean just money. I'm talking about Super Bowls, too. Yeah, that's a fair point, Mark. Were you surprised that he... I mean, I feel like the writing was kind of on the wall a little bit. I mean, a couple of years ago, there were the stories about how things had kind of fallen out between Belichick and Brady, and then they stitched it back together after Jimmy Garoppolo left. Um, but but it, this felt a little different going into the offseason. And I think most Patriots fans would probably say they still expected him to be back, but I also don't think anybody's really surprised. No, nah, I don't think I was a little surprised at all because you got two egos you're dealing with here in Belichick and Brady, and I truly believe each one of them in some form or fashion want to prove that they can do it without the other guy. And I'm sure some money had, to, had something to do with it. I'm sure that... Brady was getting lowballed over the past three or four years, maybe five years in contract-wise, just because, why? Because his wife makes a ton of money. And he probably finally just said, enough, I want paid. They didn't want to pay. I mean, you know how Belichick is. But that must have been ugly up there between the relationship between Belichick and Brady for, you know, a year or two or maybe even more now, to be honest with you. Because typically... You, you don't see this happening that much where you have a quarterback of this you know, with this type of background going uh, somewhere else. I mean, you you got a handful of them in later in their in their careers, but nobody is accomplished as Brady. But when it regards to the Steelers, they 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 probably help, hope that he goes to the Buccaneers so he can get out of the the uh, AFC because his numbers against you know the Tomlin and the Tomlin era are just absolutely insane, man. I think they're eight and one against him. I think. In those nine games, he's had something like 25 touchdowns and only one interception. 
He's sort of uh, pretty much owned the Steelers in the Mike Tomlin era, so they're pretty much hoping that he gets out of the conference as well. But uh, it's kind of interesting, though. It's really, really interesting in my eyes that that, that that relationship that was all you did was win can go so sour so quickly. Yeah, 20 years is a long time for, for Bradshaw, any relationship, really, Noel. I think. And, and it, what's that? Well, those Bradshaw two are wackos, though, right? And no. <laughs> Well, maybe Bradshaw Tom, wasn't always there. He, he maybe wasn't Tom will uh, start ripping his coach uh, now that he's separated from him, like Bradshaw did. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I'm I think sure it's, it's the other way around, though, isn't it? Kraft came out and basically just said that the reports that them, uh, if Brady wanted to come back, he was more than welcome to come back. It sure, sure sounds like Robert Kraft is spinning it as it's, hey, it's not my fault type of uh, thing. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of fault to go around right there, and it's probably a lot to do with Kraft and Belichick as well as Brady. So I don't know about him spinning it, saying it's all Brady's choice. I get the feeling Brady, the Patriots thought Brady would eventually come back and say, okay, you know, this is what I'm getting from other teams and kind of give them that option, and I don't think he ever did. And I think that was kind of the – he just – they didn't go out and get him. They were waiting for him to come back, and he went and found, seems like found a better offer, found a, a happier place that he thinks will be happier for him. We'll see how it, it plays out. Sounds like what, Tampa Bay or maybe the Chargers are also a possibility. I wouldn't be All shocked right. if Miami either, to be honest with you. I mean, you, you don't think Tom Brady wants to stick at the Bel- Belichick here? What better way to stick at the Belichick to go to Miami inside the division, play him twice? So I wouldn't quite rule them out as well. Yeah, for with Flores too. That's interesting. Um, all right, so Brady not retiring, but going on somewhere else other than New England. Ramon Flo- Foster is retiring. Um, what a career for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 11 years. This is a guy who is a undrafted free agent out of Tennessee. And, and you wrote the story yesterday, Mark, about the fact that um, you raced. I'll let you tell the story, but basically you were afraid you might lose 50 bucks if you didn't get catch up with him in time in, during his rookie campaign. Yeah, I mean, nobody. I mean, this happens every year. Guys, I mean, you, you bring in undrafted guys and you don't know them from, you know, a hole in the wall. Which ones are going to stick, if any of them stick? Who who thought that Devin Hodges, uh, Devlin Hodges was going to stick as a tryout last year, let alone start six games? So, you know, when, when you were a freelancer back in the day, you're just trying to get paid. And if you had to, I was assigned to go get Ramon Foster. And what do I know? Undrafted guy, big guy wearing number 73. For some reason, I had a brain fart, and I went to the 73 gold, and it was Sonny Harris. I think he was our fourth or fifth round draft pick, and he looked at me like I was crazy. I ended up making it to Foster. But the funny thing is, is Foster, the undrafted guy, ended up starting four games that year, and Sonny Harris was out of the league within a couple years after that. It's just crazy how a guy who played tackle all in college was undrafted. I think he had the slowest time in the combine in the 20, 2009, I think it was like a 5-6 or something like that. I can almost beat that. And to be able to not only beat out guys and make the roster, he, he shoved aside the guys like Craig Urbic, who's a third-round pick. He They end up choosing Foster over Willie Colon at one point for a contract, and Willie Colon was an early-round pick. He thought he was going to get shoved out the door by – somebody like B.J. Finney or guys like that recently, he comes back. He's just been – I think when you look at Foster and, he, and picture an ultimate stealer, 
I think he's the one. He will go down and, I mean, he'll be coming to, even though there was no titles to celebrate, but he'll be one of those guys that are always around when, when Steelers have some events because, I mean, you have to list him in the top 10, top 15 of, you know, probably all-time Steeler greats as being a Steeler, not maybe on the field, but a guy who's, who, you know, was recognized by the fan, the guys have been around, the guy who fought for his job, uh, you know. So uh, I think it was a, just a tremendous career. I'm sure they brought him in and said, uh, Ramon, we're going to cut you. And he's probably, you know, same thing as Jerome Bettis, same thing as Heinz Ward. Maybe I can go get a job somewhere else, but is it really worth it? And he, I think he decided it wasn't worth it, and that's why he retired. So I think it was a tremendous Tremendous career for the guy who had, you know, wasn't even supposed to be around, and he had 11 years and I think three or four contracts. So, uh, pretty good, pretty good career for Ramon Foster. Ed, how does a guy like that 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 does it the hard way, undrafted, coming up through, and then is is in that locker room for all that time? How does that just help a team as a whole collectively? Um, I mean, he must have such an influence on all the different types of players in a ro- in a locker room. You know, it's funny, um, I was just thinking as, as Mark was mentioning that um, you have three offensive linemen who are almost similar like that, David DeCastro and Marquise Pouncey. I mean, they, they've they been starting together in, in that interior line forever. Um, and they, were, they all are um, leaders in their own way. I mean, Mark will attest to this. The offensive line is, for us is probably some of the best – people to talk to they're good talkers they are willing talkers uh they they are colorful and um you know they've been there for a long time uh so there's some uh there's some history there and um uh you know ramon did have an effect i'm 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 not going to go as far as mark did and say he's one of the 10 to 15 all-time stealer how, how did you put it mark recognizable stealers i think you <laughs> 10 to 15 or you have to start in the 70s with those guys but um he is uh, for a, for a guard um and they've had some good guards here um uh and one of them's up for the hall of fame has been for five years but uh he certainly will get down as one of their better guards i will say that yeah, certainly, um, and and it's a it's a neat way for him to go to be able to retire and not have any awkwardness or anything like that. So Ramon Foster calls it a career after eleven great ones, no championship. That's maybe the one thing that he wasn't able to do um, as a Steeler, but but all the other stuff. And actually, that brings up before we move on the one other point. Mark was um, for a guy that wasn't always the most talkative guy when uh, Le'Veon Bell when that whole situation went down. Uh, he let everybody know how he felt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, Ed was in the locker room too. You're just following those guys into the locker room after that first Wednesday practice after they realized Le'Veon was not going to come back. I mean, Foster wasn't the only one. I mean, it was Pouncey, it was DeCastro, it was other guys taking shots at him. But it just showed you, in my point of view, that Ramon knew that his time was coming to an end soon. And he always really wanted to win that Super Bowl. He thought his, you know, his career wasn't complete until he won that Super Bowl. He wanted to do that, and he knew Le'Veon Bell gave them the best chance to be able to do that. So I think a lot of that was frustration coming out, knowing that, man, this guy is just looking out for himself. 
and now it's going to hurt all of us to get to the same goal. And I think his emotions ran over, but how he's transformed, how he transformed in just to a leader. I mean, it was just, I, I am, I, I would say that the last couple years, uh, if it wasn't for what he meant to that team in that locker room and as a spokesperson, as a leader, he might have been, you know, he might not have been re-signed. He might have been cut. But I think Tomlin puts a lot of stock into that type of stuff. And uh, there's probably, you can count probably on one hand, Ed. I mean, you're looking Hayward, you're looking Pouncey, you're looking at Foster. There are just voices of that locker room, Roethlisberger in some point, in some regard. But uh, I think that's probably where he's going to be missed the most, just that vocal leadership and the people to look at him of, hey, what should we do here? And I think that all came to a head with that Le'Veon Bell stuff because they weren't holding anything back. They were showing their emotions at that point. You know what, Mark and Tim, uh, I believe we're, the, the Steelers are down to one player who has played in a Super Bowl, and that's Ben. Uh, because Foster was there. Pouncey didn't play in that game in nah, 2010. He was hurt. Mark Barron played for the Rams. He's gone. Uh, unless I'm missing somebody, I think Ben's the only one left who has played in a Super Bowl. In yeah, the, Ben, ben and 52 kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, right now it's 89, but who's counting? So that's it for Ramon Foster's career. As you put it, Mark, in the story, point blank period. Um, a, a good story. <laughs> Check that one out. All right, on to... Uh, Bud Dupree, who will be back with the Steelers, at least for one more year as he gets the franchise tag. Um, Obviously coming off a huge year and and the Steelers felt like they had to do something here. A long-term deal would still be great and there's time to do that, Ed. But at least right now we know that Bud Dupree is going to be back in in one way or another. Um, Now, how do they make that all fit financially? Well, they've been doing it. You know, they've been cutting uh, players, uh, retiring. We just talked about Ramon, uh, restructuring. Um, and there probably will be more, bef- you know, um, this is Tuesday morning as we do this, uh, be- before uh, Wednesday's 4 o'clock uh, a start of free agency, new league year, and have to be in cap uh, compliance by then. Um, but, you know, I would expect, uh, unlike Le'Veon Bell, First of all, Dupree had long ago said he would play under the tra- under the franchise tag, and I would expect him to sign that quickly. Mark, I mean, if he there's there's no reason not to for him. Um, he signs it uh, unless he just doesn't want to do stuff in the spring. And hey, they, nobody may be doing stuff anyway in the spring, but uh, he signs it, and uh, they can still do a long term deal. I, I I'm not eliminating the long-term deal thing yet. I think they could still get something done with him. Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely want to try to get something done, but I think what we've learned over the years, Ed, is the Steelers have their value on players. What they come up with might not necessarily match the value that the player puts on himself, and what we've learned over the years is the Steelers aren't going to budge off that number very much. So if the Steelers value Bud Dupree at, say, I'm just throwing out a number here, you know, $11 million a year, $12 million a year, and Bud thinks he's worth 16 17 it's just not going to work then because the Steelers aren't going to go up to that price. So there's going to have to be some give and take. Mostly, it's going to have to be some given on Dupree's point if he wants to sign a long-term deal because I think the Steelers would be more than happy to play, you know, one-year franchise tag, give him the $15.8 million, 
let them try to win the Super Bowl this year and have that defense intact and let's um you know draft a guy and try to get somebody to replace him next year and have TJ Watt for the long haul they could easily do that but uh they got they got enough money to play with right now where they can do some stuff I mean especially if that that uh, salary cap goes up 20 30 40 million dollars next year now a lot of that's going to be pushed back in into that year because all these restructures right now and so all of a sudden that extra money next year is going to be a little bit less right now but you have to ask yourself do you want to keep bud dupree long term i mean i did a story a couple weeks ago and looked at some of the franchise guys that they did tag and after they tagged them a lot of them just tanked i mean not tanked but didn't perform up to that contract if you look at guys like lamar woodley even max starks within two years within a year and a half of max starks signing a huge deal they cut him and they brought him back for the league minimum you can go on and on there was a handful of them that, that didn't really work out i mean after you sign him so that's that's a potential there as well so I, I think it's just wide open in my honest opinion i think if bud decides to take a little less or what the sealers offer i think that that long term will get done if not i think it will be a one and done and let him walk next year and get that compensatory pick the year after my so fear if i'm the steelers is uh i don't know who who they're going to replace him if he's gone after this year who's who's going to replace him they don't they have a second round pick this year uh, next year um maybe they do draft somebody uh in the first round but is he going to come in right away and do what TJ Watt did you know play play and play well uh that's a crapshoot mark i i just uh I, I don't know i think in this case um Again, it, it you're right. It, it comes down to his expectations in 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 his money and his contract and their uh, what they're willing to pay. It always does. And um, if they can meet, I think that would uh, solidify both spots. They're going to get T.J. Watt done. Everybody knows that. Um, eventually, maybe next year, and then um, you can you can you can look elsewhere at, at positions, but the to, they have nothing behind him. Nothing. Yeah, well, at least nothing of any uh, experience. I mean, I guess in theory you got Tuzar, Skipper, and Ola, but those guys have about as many snaps in the league as me and you, Ed. Yeah, and Tuzar, you know, he's been cut by two teams already. Now, James Harrison was cut by two teams as well, but not everybody's James Harrison. Um, and Ola's had his two years and still... You know, what's he done? What he done, as Troy Edwards would say. <laughs> hey, but there's issues, too, also on the other linebacker spot, too, at the inside spot. I mean, you got Devin Bush and you got a 30-year-old Vince Williams, and what else you got? Absolutely. I mean, Barron's gone. Medicaid's just on. Ulysses Gilbert's never played a snap in the, his career. I mean, there's issues there as well. So I mean, Yeah, but they're like not as the hard to like find. That. I don't I don't think they're as hard to find and I don't they do have two of them there. Um uh with Vince and uh and obviously Bush is is it, but yeah, the 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 depth depth is not there across the board on defense, Mark. Look at safety. Look at the defensive line right now. And Even corner well. corner yeah. is actually corner may be that the most depth they have on defense at at one position. And we see what happened last year when one key part goes down and it just crumbles 
I mean, yep. offensively yep. at least. Yep. Well, that that was a quarterback. There's no <laughs> nothing on defense that compares, but still, they're 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 thin on defense. Um, they have some go- a good starting lineup, I think, but very thin at almost every position. That, I mean, that... Isn't ironic that cornerback is <laughs> is the one with the most depth. Now that's what happens, Ed. When when you have that uh, philosophy of paying your stars big mm-hmm. money, then letting everybody fill in behind them, you know the 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 product of that is no depth. I mean, you got fifty percent of your salary tied salary cap tied up in nine ten players. And, I mean, my math ain't very good, but that means about thirty five, forty five, what forty five players are now going to be half of the salary cap, and that means you're going to have to have a lot of bargains, a lot of guys that play above their contract status, a lot of young guys playing, and sometimes you have to deal with that. And That's the philosophy they chose. Pay 10 guys and let the other 45 just you know, fill in where you can. Yeah, I guess the other philosophy is to more what the, what the Patriots did over the years is just to let guys kind of walk and never pay the big, very occasionally pay the, the big, big-time salary but then you have to you can't miss many on the drafts right because you have to be constantly having those guys to be ready to step in when those other guys leave they've also been patriots also been good at filling in you know picking yeah. up guys and at at um, somewhat bargain prices right. uh you know name a with a hall of fame quarterback like tom brady it, it's almost almost like when dan marino was in miami name a hall of fame receiver you know, uh, other than Moss was there briefly, uh, you can't. Yeah, I mean, some people will say Edelman, but it's really been those slot guys yeah. and not the not the pro. Edelman, guys. they're not going to make the Hall of Fame. Those right. guys. All right. Anyway, we're going to move on from uh, from Bud Dupree, and I did want to talk about the CBA as a whole because you guys have have touched on it a little bit. Um, but, but I wanted to give a, for people that don't understand the full capacity of what's going on, the cap goes up to 198.2 million, not as high as a lot of people thought it might go up to, but it is helping the Steelers as far as the 30% rule being out and them being able to do this as a whole. I think when we talked, Mark at the combine, you thought it would get done. You thought, despite the fact that there was big time star players who were clearly opposed. And at the time it was, it was, um, when Pouncey had had gone off that Monday there at the at the uh, on his Instagram account, um, but your thought was that the other players, the the you know, league minimum type players, would carry the vote through. It seems like that was the case by a small amount. It was very close, but but at the end of the day, um, the the many I think overruled the few that have all the money already and didn't think it was a good deal. Well, the two things in my mind right there, right off the bat, is I guess a number of players wanted to re-vote after initially voting. Something tells me if they re-voted, they would have voted against it rather than for it. That's just a thought that I have. And number two is how embarrassing is it that 500 players did not vote at all? I mean, we're talking about the livelihoods of the entire, you know, 2,000 people or whatever it is. And 500 people decided not to vote when there's the vote was swung by, what, 30 votes? You get 30 different votes the other way, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, there is no CBA, and uh, we're back to the drawing board. So I, I thought that that was interesting. But i, I tell you one thing. Once that vote passed, the Steelers were doing jumping jacks because imagine where they would be right now 
if there was no new CBA, then they would, I don't know where they would have, I mean, there's no way in my estimation they could have uh, tagged Bud Dupree if they did not have this new CBA. Where would the money have come from? They would have had to cut half the roster. So they're pretty happy. They're able to restructure like they all always do. And uh, so it helped them out. But I thought it was just very, very unfortunate that, you know, so many people decided not to vote. What I do you think, just Ed, the overall? Well, I thought just the opposite, that um, yeah. those players who wanted to re-vote were ones who had voted initially against it and would have voted for it. Hmm. Um, because as this thing wore on, the initial reactions by some of the top uh, players in the league – uh, Pouncey, J.J. Watt, others, you know, um, uh, was negative. You know, Pouncey was, <laughs> you probably all saw that <laughs> video. But I think once as this thing wore on and some of the player reps were talking and uh, about it, and uh, including Ramon, uh, I, I thought that uh, the players were coming more to their senses, at least the, the rank and file and would have voted for it if they had already voted against it. Nevertheless, it's a good thing. Uh, 17 games was a big sticking point, I think, for a lot of players. Uh, after they had said they'd never vote for it, uh, they wound up voting for it. Uh, I I thought there would be an extra bye week uh, as part of it, but apparently they're only going to do that if they play 18 games. I wonder if this coronavirus scare has had anything to do with some of these you know, minimum wage, so to speak, players saying, you know, this is kind of scary. I, I want my money now, man. I, I can't afford to go on strike or any. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But I wonder if that had anything to do with uh, some of the lower level guys making the vote like they did, knowing that, you know, this the uncertainty of what's to come right now. Maybe I'm the just expecting, is, maybe I'm expecting yeah. too much out of 23 year old football players yeah i think uh, looking at the the st patrick's day on the south side and all the crowds there with all those young (laughs) players or young people uh, i don't think they think that far ahead mark but even if they did um you know if this coronavirus if that was the issue they're not going to get paid anyway because they're not going to be playing in the fall if this continues Yeah, which is something other sports are facing right now. Baseball players not sure when they're going to get paid, and it's certainly so. Maybe there was some fear in it, but 20% raises for the minimum salary, right, goes into this, and then the the overall percentage of sharing goes from 47% to 48%. There's a lot of good things for the players. Obviously, the 17th game could be considered a negative uh, for the wear and tear and what these guys already go through. But I think on the workout side, right, there is a little bit – they're taking even less practice out of the equation. Is is that part of it too, Ed? Yeah, then that's going to mean you know what we've what we've been seeing since they did this. I mean, the tackling's not going to be as good. The the teams aren't going to be um, as sharp in the beginning of the season. But it's something that uh, they they have to live with. Uh, that's that's it's more for safety reasons. And um, you know, this sport has gone through in the last five years. A lot of changes because for safety, and uh, it's only going to continue. I think. I don't know if it's safety though. It, I mean, does it make them more safe that they have less practices, or is it yeah. put them into, uh, you know, compromising positions when they go into the, to the game? So and the only thing mm-hmm. that. 
I mean, I'm not a big fan of the 17 games. I'm, I'm fine with the playoffs. I think the playoffs is fine. I don't think that's going to bother anything. That 17 games is kind of rough because you know it's going to probably eventually go to 18 games. But, hey, they're getting rid of one preseason game, so that's plus. Plus, you know, the best part of this, Ed, is I think now training camp doesn't start, can't start until 47 days before the opening season, start of the opening season, which – Gives us a little more time off in the summer, except for this year, of course, because I think the, the Steelers will report to training camp next week. <laughs> well, yeah, they won't be this year next week. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's cancel that pre. Let's cancel that Hall of Fame game. Well, if that they, might get NFL canceled wants to do anyway. <laughs> let's just cancel it, right? It I might get fine. canceled anyway. There, <laughs> there might be a lot of cancellations in August. Yeah, this thing ain't Hopefully stopping. Not. Hopefully not, but we will uh, we will see if we can flatten the curve and uh, and get things turned around here um, as we move forward. All right, so um, as far as free agency goes, Steelers not expected to make a big splash. They have lost some players already. You mentioned Tyler Matikevich, um, but Javon Hargrave is gone. Thirty nine million, three years from the Eagles. He was another guy that. You know, I, you know, all year long, I think you guys pretty consistently said it was going to be tough for the Steelers to, to bring him back, that he had kind of outplayed what they'd be able to pay him. And that turns out to be the case. Um, he goes to a team where, I don't know, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense that he goes to the Eagles, but he stays within the state of Pennsylvania, I guess. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on Hargrave leaving Ed? Just as you wish him well and, and hope things work out for a guy like that who was, who was I think, pretty fun to deal with, right? Oh, he was all right. I mean, yeah, yeah he was a good guy. Uh, but you know, it's it, it's 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 a um, it's the one area of their defense um, where they could afford that. And when I say afford, they, you know, given their druthers, they would have loved to have kept them. But um, you know, they have Tyson Alu Alu, Stefan Tuitt, and Cam Hayward, and two of those guys are big money guys. Um, you know, they'll just have to fill in with um, with others. Uh, Lt. Walton. Um, you know where where does that put the big guy, Mark? Uh, is big he, Dan, is he, big is Dan, he and be got the starting Isaiah nose tackle. Bugs. You know Isaiah Bugs. Uh, I I just um, it, you know you you can't keep everybody. If if this if the if, if this system were in, in place in the nineteen seventies, you'd have seen guys flying out of here like there was no tomorrow. So there would have been no dynasty. No, there wouldn't have been. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can't blame him. I mean, for the Steelers, is with the Hargrave loss, I don't think it's that big of a deal with one little asterisk. Stephon Tewitt has to stay healthy. I right. mean, if he stays healthy, Hayward stays healthy, I mean, they don't need Javon Hargrave, especially at $13 million a season. That's been proven. The only reason why Hargrave played so much last year is because Tewitt got hurt. I mean, there's only so many snaps you can give a guy like Hargrave, when you're giving to it sixty million, when you're giving Hayward sixty million, those guys are going to play. So that's the thought. I mean, to I mean, honestly, Hargrave. I mean, if to it needed the money, Hargrave should give him some of it because that's where he earned the money at last year, being able to fill in to be able to produce like that. But you, you know, like Ed said, you can't keep them all, especially when you have two Pro Bowl caliber players at that position. But if something happens, like I mean, I think three straight years now, right, Ed? The, the one of the defensive ends got hit, hurt. Hayward to it 
three out of four oh. at least. So they haven't been really healthy. If that happens and all of a That's sudden, a yeah, job. you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Now, now you're going to have to rely on Isaiah Bugs And Alu Alu is good for what he can do, but he's still 30. Was he 32, 33 yeah. years old? So uh, I don't know how much strain you want to put on him. It all comes down to the same thing we talked about before. As long as you stay healthy, your depth is fine, but once you start getting hurt, they don't really have much of a much behind him, at least proven. And when you only have six picks and four of them come at number one twenty-five and after, you're not going to get many players to help right away. That's for sure in the draft. The, the thing is, every team in the league is saying the same thing. Uh, with free agency and a salary cap, there's no team has real good depth. Everybody's saying if if we stay healthy and that's usually who wins the Super Bowls are the teams that stay healthy. Um, although the Eagles did lose their quarterback and got lucky with the guy behind them a couple years ago, but you know, we're talking about free agency and two of the biggest draft picks in the last number of years are both free agents from the same draft. And we don't even talk about a Mark Artie Burns and Sean Davis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weren't they taken in the same draft on two? Yep, yeah, and, and you look at it, you talk about a couple misses there. You're lucky if Artie Burns is going to get picked up for the minimum this year, and I don't know how much Sean Davis is going to command either. I think he'll market. command more. You know, they just yeah. got lucky. I mean, they honestly, let's face it, they got lucky where Joe Hayden came on the market, yep. and they got very lucky of paying Steven Nelson, whatever, $7 million a year to perform like he did last year. I mean, and with Minka, luck, and that wasn't luck. Minka wasn't luck. That was uh, no. brilliant on their part, as it turns out. But, you know, or Sean, Sean Davis was hurt all last year. Who would have been playing back there? Yeah. So where do we go from here, I guess, is the question. There's, there's restricted free agents, Matt Filer, Mike Hilton, Zach Banner. Um, there's the restructures that you guys – kind of touched on and big ben it was announced um this morning that big ben's restructuring his deal to, to free up money that's all part of making this work financially but no big moves probably coming the rest of this week is that fair to say ed yeah i i don't i don't see any big moves as far as them signing big name guys mark had a list of 10 possibilities uh, you know if you recognize oh, nine almost. of them if you recognize <laughs> five of them yeah good luck um, but th- those are the kind of guys they'll have to sign just to fill in. And and as far as losing people, I mean, other than Artie Burns and and Sean Davis, Mark, I don't I don't think there's anybody left they can lose unless uh, somebody makes a big time offer to one of their uh, RFAs. Yeah, I, I don't, but I don't even think that would happen. Nah, I mean, nah. even if I mean the Steelers would probably say fine. I mean, if you're if you're putting a second, a second round, round tender on. If you're putting second round tender on Mike Hilton and somebody's right. going to give you a second round pick to take him, you're like, go. I mean, okay, he's great, but I'd rather have a second round pick and he'd be gone next year than you know, not having a second round pick. At least you got Cam Sutton. I mean, same goes with Banner if you're getting a fourth round pick. And yeah, Tyler's pretty I, I overlooked. I overlooked B.J. Finney. He'll he'll probably he'll be leaving. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know though. I mean, if they can somehow scrap up enough money to get Finney, I thought that I think that would be a perfect perfect fit where he can just fit in it at the left guard for you know five, six, seven more years for him. I don't know what the market is right now. I mean, this is a guy yeah. that's barely played in his career. I can't see tons of you know. At least when Hubbard left Ed and went to Cleveland, he had a couple years or a year under him starting. Finney has 12 games. So yeah, somebody's going to pay him. 
I can't see him getting paid. Like I, I wrote in a story, the guy from Buffalo quit in Spain. Guard, same age, but he had like 60 starts under his belt. He got paid $15 million for three years. So, I mean, I would imagine that's where Vinny would come in. So $5 million bucks is not that bad. I mean, they're paying Foster for. So if they can get that type of deal with Finney, I think they could they would really consider it. All right, we'll see where it goes from here. And actually, for all your free agent news, not just the Steelers, but from around the NFL, uh, check out the NFL Power Rankings podcast this week. We're doing mini pods when news breaks on that podcast feed. So check it out throughout the day. I think there was 10 different reports yesterday, and we'll be keep keeping it going here over the next couple of days. So check out the NFL Power Rankings podcast. They'll also have a full wrap-up coming up on Thursday. Uh, you can save 40% off a subscription to The Athletic through this time when a lot of people are going to be working from home and, and looking for things to do. The content's going to keep coming here at The Athletic. So go to theathletic.com slash Podcast and you can save 40% off there. Follow Ed on Twitter and Mark. Ed's at Ed Bouchette. Mark's at Mark Caboli. I'm at Tim M. McMaster. Thanks to Marissa Morris, our producer, as always. And we'll check in again next time, probably uh, maybe if something else big happens at free agency or as we look ahead to the draft here on the Immaculate Podcast. 